0: grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we continue in this great series in the book of 1 Corinthians, a study on the first letter to Corinth. Today we are in chapter 15, and gospel truth, you're about to hear the gospel. You're about to hear the good news, the hope we have, as Pastor Sean breaks it down and helps you understand the gospel for you to share, or maybe for you to understand for the first time. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. If you feel led to bless this listen or supported radio ministry, then please do today. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. Today's part two of this message called Living Hope. Pastor Sean is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and Ephesians chapter 2. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: What's interesting, we get a little insight from Galatians chapter 1, 18 and 19. He's talking about the gospel, talking about his own history with the gospel. And then Galatians 1, 18 19, he says, then after three years, this is right after his salvation. He says, after three years, so for three years, we know he spent time in Damascus, and we know he went away by himself for a time. Then after three years, where did he go? I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, Simon Peter, and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. What's fascinating is those are the two in First Corinthians 15 that he specifically said. And the Lord appeared to those two as well. Many scholars believe it was at this visit, this time, that he's talking about in Galatians, that he actually received this creed, this catechism that says, we believe Jesus died, we believe he was resurrected, we believe he appeared to Peter and to the other apostles. And then at this time he met with James, and he adds that idea. This creed is really a powerful kind of textual proof, uh, at least that the first century believer's, totally taught, they totally believed, and they passed on this word of resurrection. Now, what's interesting is he also says there are a lot of eyewitnesses. He says there's more than 500 people, many of whom are still alive, who saw him after the resurrection. You know, what's interesting about this, that could have easily been disproved. That could have easily been put to rest. Just go ask him. Just go ask them. And in fact, this is Paul writing in 55 AD about this, uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost, Literally, 50 days after the Passover, where Christ was sacrificed, he, he teaches on the day of Pentecost. And he talks about Jesus who died and was raised. And again, how easy would that have been to disprove? You know, there were some pretty powerful groups of people dying to produce that body, dying to disprove and put this thing to rest. Because if they could have disproved the resurrection, it's over. It's over. This whole thing is over. Jesus is just another one of these guys who came and went and wasn't really the Messiah. But they didn't find the body, and there were lots of witnesses. And Paul says to them, "Look, there were. He appeared over five hundred different people in that time after the resurrection, before his ascension. Ask them. This isn't just me. This isn't just Cephas. This isn't just James." There's lots of people. There were lots of eyewitnesses to this account. And then he talks about his own encounter, of course, the Damascus Road, but also he seemed to imply in several places in his letters that there, he had, that Christ appeared to him and gave him the gospel as he was presenting and teaching. Galatians 1.12, he says, For I did not receive it from any man, this gospel, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Now understand, he does all this to, because he wants to make one very powerful point. And this is our main point this morning. And it's this, the hope for my resurrection is found in the truth of his. That's the whole point. That's what this whole chapter is all about. The hope for my resurrection is found in the truth of of his resurrection. See, this is personal. This is not just theology. And you know, we got into a little bit of what we call apologetics and a little bit of kind of defending the, the, the historical nature of the resurrection. But just understand, this isn't just theology. It's not just apologetics. It's not just, a, this is personal. This is about my resurrection from the dead. This is about your resurrection from the dead. And we need to grasp that this morning. We need to understand that what Paul is trying to get through is that this is real. This isn't just something we sing about on Easter. This is why he came. This is why Advent's a big deal. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is it. And without this, none of it matters. We are wasting our time. But because of this, our resurrection is secured. We are made alive in Him, Listen to how he says it in Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. He says, that I may know him. He says, all these things he gave up, all these things he went through, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. What's he talking about? Are you talking about, I'm going to be resurrected just like Jesus? What he's talking about is what he spoke about in Ephesians chapter 2, 4 through 7, how we were dead in our sins, and because of his work on the cross, we are made alive. Look what he says, beginning at verse 4, Ephesians 2, but God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. See, yeah, yeah, if that's not worth clapping, come on. His death and resurrection has secured new life for me. It has secured forgiveness of sin. It has secured the resurrection from the dead, not just now, but for eternity. And the, the beauty of eternity is it doesn't start after I die. Eternity starts the minute I am in Christ, the minute my sins are forgiven, the minute my spirit is made alive in him. I am secured for the resurrection. The hope for my resurrection is found in the truth of his. A couple really important practical points. Number one, because of his resurrection, my past is not beyond redemption. Because of his resurrection, My past is not beyond resurrection and redemption. I think sometimes we think, well, my past is locked in stone. I can't do anything about it. The time machine's broken. Boy, there's things I wish I could redo. Boy, there's things like, if I knew now, or if I knew then what I know now, man, if I could go fix that, that would be awesome, but it's locked in stone. And so because of that, we carry our past around like a ball and chain, like a ball and chain. Our failures, our mistakes, our regrets. How about labels? Got any labels that you sit and think to yourself, it's like, this is just who I am. This is just my lot. This is I did that. I can't undo it. I got to deal with it. Yeah. What resurrection says is, no, no, no. My past is not beyond redemption. See, I think sometimes we understand this in our minds. We understand the idea of forgiveness. But the experience of forgiveness is very different. We, we understand, oh yes, I understand, Jesus died on the cross so that I could be forgiven, and that, that's a wonderful thing. What, what we don't really understand is what was really happening there. You see, that's why Paul says we were dead in our sins. The wages of sin is death, the scripture tells us. And every single person on the face of this planet, because of sin, is dead. And we need to understand that. We need to grasp that. When you when you read online or through the paper or wherever, you take in news or you watch it and you just get disgusted and want to turn it off because of all the garbage and all the junk, there it is. That's death lived out. And you're like, wait, that's weird. No, it's not. That's what it's like to see mankind living dead in our sins. And ultimately... When we die in that state, we are eternally dead and separated from our creator and what he had for us. That's what the scripture says. But the beauty is, scripture says God loved us so much, he gave Jesus. And you've got to understand something about God. He is absolutely loving. He is crazy about you. Really. Seriously. He loves you like Crazy. But you have to understand, he loves you more than anyone's ever loved you. You've never been loved quite like this. You may have had, I hope you've had a life of wonderful people loving you well. I hope family, spouse, kids, I hope you have had a wonderful life of people loving you well. But they're just people. They're fallen people. They are imperfect in their love. I don't care who they are. God loves you perfectly. But another thing you need to understand about God, he is also completely just. He is not like that loving but yet permissive old grandfather who gives you a mint every time you you see him, and when you screw up, he's like, oh, you little rascal, and sends you on your way. That's not what he's like. He's nothing like that. He loves you, and it breaks his heart when we sin. It breaks his heart when we're far from him. But he is also completely just. Because if he weren't, understand, if he weren't just, he wouldn't be good. It's like these go together. And so because he loves you so much and he is crazy about you, And your sin and my sin created a death penalty, a separation. He sent Jesus Christ, his son, to walk among us, and he lived a sinless life, no sin of his own, and he then gave his life on the cross, that horrible, brutal death. He gave his life on the cross so that justice could be satisfied. The wages of sin is death. The wages could be paid. Justice could be served. The penalty was paid. Justice was satisfied, and he could extend his amazing love and amazing grace to us. That's the gospel.
0: We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Living Hope. It's in the series on unity called One, which is available right now on demand on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: And see, it's one thing in my head to understand. that; It's another thing to actually realize, oh, that means my past, I'm forgiven. I am forgiven and set free. Now, here's the beauty of God, and this is his power too, right? It's one thing to have your past forgiven, and we know at salvation, our, the sins of our past are forgiven. He fills us with his spirit and begins to lead us into a different kind of future, and that is awesome. That is a beautiful thing. But God now, as he does that, he has the power to actually redeem the failures of the past. Do you know that? You may have failures that you go, there's nothing that can undo that. Nothing that can undo that. I want to say to you, you you don't understand the power of God doesn't mean that those failures never happen. It just means God will literally use those failures and the consequences. You might have some painful consequences you've been carrying around and dealing with. When you surrender them to him, when you begin to follow Jesus and say, Lord, it's all yours, those consequences can become stepping stones to his plan, his blessing, and his perfect will in your life. They can become something that builds you. That's the gospel, and that's the power of God see, your life is completely redeemable. My life, restoration is possible. I love Revelation 21.5. Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. Well, some things. No, all things new. I love the way Mel Gibson treated that in the movie The Passion of the Christ. They had Mary was watching as Jesus is carrying the cross. Remember, he falls down by her. He looks up. She wants to put an end to the whole thing. And he says, behold, I make all things new. Oh, that was his vision. That's what the cross is about. And it's not just like things in the world. That's things in you and things in me. He makes all things new. The hope for my resurrection is found in the truth of his, and my past is not beyond redemption. Second thing, because of his resurrection, my present reality is not my final reality. Ooh, that's good. That should be like a 2020 t-shirt. Because of his resurrection, my present reality is not my final reality. And the reason for that is because he is alive, he has filled us with his spirit, and he is working in the world. Philippians 1.6, I love this passage of scripture. I taught a whole series on this called Under Construction at one point out of the book of Philippians. But this was the key verse, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? This is serious. Being confident of this. He who began the good work, in other words, he's going to finish it. He's going to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He is working in you. We call this transformation. He is transforming you. Do you have any things in your kind of personality or in your habits, in your way of thinking, uh, that you just go, man, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't say that those things. I wish I didn't think those things. I wish I didn't do those things. Do you understand that he is not done with you? Your current reality, it will not be your final reality as you follow Jesus, as he is working in you. He is transforming you. He is maturing you. And the hardships that we go through, I'm telling you, he has had a lot of fodder to work maturity in us this year. Really, a lot of opportunity to grow us. And you stop and think of all the things we've walked through and all the things we're wrestling with, whether it's physical concerns. Maybe you have someone this year, who a grandparent or, or someone you know who passed away from, with COVID-19 or some other illness. Or some other consequence of this whole thing we've been walking through. Maybe you've lost your job or your company, or maybe someone you care about and love has lost their job or their company. A lot of people have. And are wondering, what am I going to do? Maybe you're scared to death. If this one wins, if this one ends up in the White House, oh my gosh, the whole world's going to fall apart. And you're like, no, 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 if this one wins, the other one wins, and ends up in the White House, then the whole world's going to fall apart. Whatever it is that we're wrestling through, you you need to understand God wants to do a work in you to where you understand, yeah, it doesn't matter who's in the White House, God's on the throne. Doesn't matter. And he's going to do the work that he's going to do, and he's going to bring it to completion, and nobody can stop him. We're all one day going to leave this earth, okay? We have to understand, we have to learn to view death from a correct understanding. We're all going to leave this earth. How we view death, how we understand it, how we view, view eternity, life and death, how we live in the meantime, matters. He's growing us. Our economics, our provision. See, not only is he working in us, but he is working around us. He's working around us. Do you trust in the power of God? See, I've told you before that I use this illustration a lot, these, these little forks in the road that we come to, and we come to them multiple times throughout the day. And on one way, it's the direction the Spirit wants to lead us. The, Spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. We come to a point. We've got to make a decision. The Spirit says, go this way. But my flesh says, mm, go this way. The world, ah, but this is the, this is the way. And if I follow the way that he asks me to go, what's interesting, and this is inherent in the word follow When I follow his spirit, I start to notice as I'm walking in obedience that all of a sudden things are just provided. Things are working that are different. People respond in a way. and There's provision for that. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that there's no hardships. I'm just saying I see that, oh, when I'm following him, what that means is he's been before me. He's been working. He's been setting things up. He is working around me. When I step out in obedience, I know that he's got me covered. And that's not some promise that there's not going to be any hardships or it's going to be easy. But it does mean he's going to work. He's going to finish the work. He's going to complete what he started. And so when I follow him, I shouldn't be surprised when doors are open that I thought couldn't be open. When people all of a sudden are available that I didn't think would be available. And when God does stuff that I just had no idea he was going to do. That shouldn't surprise me because I'm following him. Now, when I take this other path and I'm not following him, that doesn't mean he abandons me. That doesn't mean his spirit's not still with me. When I walk in disobedience, while his spirit is grieved and it breaks his heart, he's still with me, I begin to experience some very different consequences. I begin to experience some very different fruit, some different hardship. We call that discipline. (laughs) And it's not like he abandons me, no. But he's going to teach me through it. And his desire is always to teach me to trust him and follow him. See, not only is he working in you, he's working around you. And we have to decide if we trust that. His resurrection means he is alive to actually do that. Jesus is not some character in a storybook who taught us moral lessons that that can be helpful along the path of life. No, he is alive. His spirit is in us. And that changes everything. See, the hope for my resurrection is found in the truth of his. Last thing, because of his resurrection, my future is filled with hope. My past is not beyond redemption. My present reality is not my final reality. And and maybe most of all, what we need to hear this morning is that my future is filled with hope. That's what Advent is all about. God's people in that time, that 400 years of silence, there were no prophets. They were under foreign occupiers. They were under the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. And they had this hope. They're hoping for a Messiah, a deliverer he'd been promised. And they were looking forward. And then God, in the most unexpected ways, delivered him in Jesus Christ in a manger in Bethlehem, the Messiah. But what's interesting, their hope was realized in Christ. Many missed it. Some didn't. But many did but what's fascinating is we deal with preparation see they were looking for the first coming of Christ we are hoping for the second still in 1 Corinthians 15 look where Paul goes all this talk of resurrection beginning at verse 51 listen what he says behold i tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? See, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And listen. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Because of his resurrection, our labor is not in vain. See, this is the hope of Advent. They were looking forward. In the Old Testament, they were looking forward to the coming Messiah. Well, so are we. We're looking forward to the second coming of our Messiah, the ultimate realization of all things. When the trumpet sounds, he wrote. See, we need to have our eyes on the second coming of Christ because he is coming. And you need to know this. You you need to understand this. Like, oh gosh, Sean, are you now going to get into prophetic and you're going to tell me the date when the Lord is coming? I don't know the date when the Lord's coming. I know he's coming for us. And here's what here's what I'll, I'll give you a guarantee. He's coming for you. He's coming for us within our lifetime. You know how I know that, right? Cuz whether he comes for me in the next year because I had a car accident and I die. He comes for me. Or whether it's down the road and he the final trump sounds and he takes us from this place and he restores all things. Either way, he's coming. We don't have forever. The whole point is whether he comes for you by your death or he comes by the trumpet sound. He's coming. And we're supposed to live in that reality. See, the hope for my resurrection is the truth of his. That's our hope. He is our living hope. He's alive. And what that means is my sins can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. And I can be resurrected in him, living, full of his spirit, alive now. And then when one day this body falls and ceases to work, he has a new body for me. And he has made me. He's made you for eternal life. Beauty is eternal. Life doesn't start after we die; it starts right now when I become a follower of Jesus Christ.
0: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One, it's available right now on demand at ReachingForRealLife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact us page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. on the donate tab at ReachingForRealLife.org.